All right. I'm ready. Here we go. What's the deal? Mailbag. Mailbag. You've got mail. What has the Pony Express brought us? Was brought us some CISO goodness. Ooh, a good CISO is hard to find. <laughs> facts. Those are facts. All right, here we go. Reading the email says, Ms. John, I am not in cyber. We're starting to look for a security leader or a CISO. And one of my analysts sent me a pointer to your podcast. A couple of episodes, you talk about what typical CISOs are good at and the mismatch with what companies should require. What do you hmm. think a CISO job description needs to say and what experience will the right candidate have? Thanks for your help. Fist bumps, John. <laughs> I, I, nice. I, added, I added the fist bumps part. Damn, I was going to say loving the bumps. That's great. <laughs> what do you think, man? Number one, thank you to our listeners for directing whoever this was to us. It's nice to know that people who aren't necessarily embedded inside the cybersecurity industry are actually given a listen. And uh, maybe we can add some value for folks outside the sanctimonious circle of security. He said, alliteration, all outstanding. Yeah. So we've got, a, it sounds like a business person looking to hire a security person. Let me just frame it up just a little bit. This is really friggin' hard, right? Anytime you're trying to hire a role that you don't understand very well, it's super problematic, right? I remember in uh, the first couple of companies looking to hire sales professionals. And I didn't really understand sales very well. Super duper hard, right? To understand what would characterize a good person for the role. And also like, how do you interview for them? How do you qualify out the folks who aren't good candidates? Cause you know, people can blow smoke all the time. And in an industry like ours, where you've got a combination of folks who are really good, who don't believe they are. Uh, so they've got sort of imposter syndrome and then folks who aren't very good, but think they're awesome. I don't know what syndrome that is, but it's not a good one, can be really hard. So, you know, maybe we can give these folks a hand uh, with figuring out how to at least to create a job description out of it. And maybe, Justin, as we get through the back end of this, what we can do is we can craft together what we talk about and uh, maybe provide to our listeners a sample job description they can reuse on their own time if they're looking to do this. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So you've been a CISO. What describes an excellent CISO, big fella? I've myself have certainly held that position Having worked with hundreds of different security leaders at this point, I think what we've seen over the years is like the ones that are good at the position and the ones who are not. And, uh, you know, as someone that held the position, like kind of comparing myself to the good ones I've seen, like, I don't know, I, I certainly did a lot of stuff wrong. And I would certainly be a lot smarter now if I had to, had to do it over again. But, you know, I think some of the best ones that I've seen and the best people for the positions are great politicians. Mm. They are great salesmen or women within their organizations, right? They're able to introduce new ideas and get people behind those ideas and drive them through execution, right? And kind of get everything in place for a specific outcome. Um, but they're also master networkers and have their pulse on what the community is doing, which I believe based on what I see others talk about as their definition of success, this model that I just described and what I've personally seen does not match what the industry says you need in order for these 
to find someone to to fulfill these jobs. And and what I mean by that is like most people think you need someone like super technical, you know, and you need like a senior security technical person to to do some of these roles. In my experience, those aren't the people you're looking for. These are these are not the droids you are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me let me pull that. Let me pull three things out of that. Uh, and the first one you didn't even mean to do, right? Because you were just actually saying something in your opening comments. I was like, yeah, that's one of the things I would have highlighted. You were saying about the fact that you know you would not count yourself necessarily among the best because you made a bunch of mistakes. And what I was thinking of, and it, part of it is reflected in the way I introduced the bit, is that a great CISO is pretty self-aware, right? Great CISO understands that there are things you got to learn. Great CISO understands that not everybody thinks like they think. Great CISO understands that they want to recruit people who aren't necessarily like them, right? So I think you demonstrated one of them right off the top accidentally. So that that was pretty good. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap a little bit on the button that said uh, sales person on it, right? I think they have to be an evangelist, right? A little a little different, right? I don't think they should ever be trying to sell people on their ideas, they got to evangelize the value of security, right? So you want somebody who's a really effective communicator and who's transparent, right? Who helps people understand why they think things are important, right? Because you're, you're 100% on. They've got to be able to convince people that it matters as well as being able to follow through. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go with that as well. I'll tell you one of the things that, you know, that is also not on the list, right? I, I like the fact that they don't have to be highly technical, Right, because when I think about it, there's a bunch of different industries they can play in, and we can dig into that in a little bit. But the other thing you didn't really mention was they have to be certified in X and Y and Z. Right, there's a certain level of certification that I think can be a decent proxy for experience for practitioners. You know, whether we're talking, you know, CISSP or what have you, uh, and that can help an organization which, and we've talked about this, that doesn't know how exactly to measure whether somebody knows security or not, to know that they're picking up a practitioner who has a clue. But that's not the CISO's job, and I, and I think you did a nice job of drawing that line between the two things, right? Security practitioner is not necessarily the CISO, nor is the CISO necessarily going to be an awesome security practitioner. Yeah. I like your evangelization distinction. You know, I think at the end of the day, the goal really needs to be, first off, you need to understand you can't be at all places at one time, especially if you work in a large organization. And, you know, in the spirit of evangelization, you need to get people carrying the security flag, Right. Mm -hmm. In a way that gets them to self-select the correct security behaviors when you're not around or there's no one to go to to get answers. And so that's a super hard thing to do. It requires a lot of forethought and planning, but requires that you basically evangelize in a way that allows people to put like a personal emotional tag on some of these things so that they can self-select the correct decision when when no one else is there. And I think that's uh, pretty important. Distinction. The other piece was, um, you know, the kind of like the demarcation point between um, practitioner and leader. And when I, you know, kind of dig into that a little bit is, um, you know, the too often I see the security leader as someone who's basically the puppeteer for all of the security actions, right? Of saying mm. in a very technical sense, like, are we operating this department? you know, correctly. And I would say, and I, I realize every, every business is a little bit different, but that's almost like a team lead type of function, right? Saying if you're fortunate enough to have a big enough department, like your team lead should be providing that kind of uh, operations support, if you will. The job of the security leader is one that solves business challenges, you know, and enables their department in such a way 
that that department directly aligns with the business strategy. And I think too often that piece is lost and overlooked for a whole variety of reasons. And, you know, I've kind of seen in my personal case, and I've, I see other places too, is um a lot of times where companies will hire these security leaders and kind of almost put them off in a corner because in a sense, like they'd be like, oh, we have to have someone to run it. Um, the fact that this person is here, we can sleep a little bit better now. And But that person, that security leader is still arm's length away from any business strategy or planning. Security is not in a position where they can offer advice or be in a position to kind of enable business strategy or put things in place to, to enable like the business to be successful. And there's this like separation that that I see exist often. And I don't think that's really setting anybody up to be the most successful and best versions of themselves as they could be in the the long term. I like that, especially since it sounds like the person who sent in the letter is more business focused, right? And as I try to translate our conversation into what feels like the way you describe the position to somebody, right? What you're looking for is someone who is both interested and excited about being a strategic advisor to the business on issues of security and how they relate and someone who in the in the past has done it right who has taken the time to understand the business enough to make meaningful security contributions to it i mean that sounds like it's directly in line with what the person was asking let me let me touch on a couple of other things you mentioned right because one of the things you said was the fact that there are different kinds of security need inside the company right and i was just thinking about that right the capacity to recognize that security changes depending upon the type of security that's being done internally they're not just puppeteering actions they're trying to figure out what does it mean for our company to do application security well? What does it mean for our company to do identity management well and access management and audit and reporting? Because depending upon the industry and the organization, right, it's all going to change. So depending upon the nature of the company this person is hiring into, you may want somebody who is experienced in understanding SDLC strengthening or is really good at auditability, right? And so Think about what you need in terms of those requirements or look for somebody who has done multiple things or worked in a larger organization as a CISO who had them under. There's another thing you said a little while ago that I just wrote down, which was that they'd be sort of like a, a really excellent networker. Right. And, and I was thinking, you know, that's so true. Every day I end up calling people I know and asking smarter people than me questions. Right. And so maybe that's one of the requirements as well, that they have an existing network and you make that part of the interview process. Listen, yeah, references from people you work for are nice, but I also want you to connect me with your top two people, you know, from a connected portion of your network so that I know you've got somebody smart to call. Right. And this is going to be more about talking to them on a reference call about what they would do in situations, you know, how they would respond. Because I think you're yeah, I think it's a really great point about being a good communicator, but also having taken time to develop that existing network. And let me add a new one to get your feedback on as somebody's actually done this pretty well. I think that this person's going to have to be good at the people side of it in terms of their own teams. I think there are a few types of workers these days, unless you're an Amazon driver, um, who are more under stress and burning out than cybersecurity folks are. We read about it all the time. And so if you're going to bring on a leader for either an existing group or somebody who's going to be able to recruit them, you want somebody who's going to be capable of managing that security team, keeping them motivated, keeping them trained, understanding the likelihood that they can shift jobs at a moment's notice. So if this person is bringing on the security leader, you want to make sure that they're not just, you know, a senior level practitioner who's good at 
making the mouth noises about cybersecurity and, and sort of recommending security policy, but they're also capable of finding, growing, motivating, inspiring a loyal staff, right? A team of folks who are trying to learn and who can help set up for them a curriculum and a way to stay. And, you know, I'm going to pitch it back to you because, you know, you've done this where we are now, right? Because we've got dozens and dozens and dozens of security practitioners who could, you know, run for the hills and go someplace else. I think that this is a really important characteristic in this case of the position, but also of the organization to be able to foster that kind of loyalty and stick of a security team. Yeah, just kind of going back through the order of operations here. So to kind of speak to the first one on networking, I think that is a super important one. But to kind of dig a little bit deeper, if you were in the trying to interview someone as a security leader and you were trying to figure out if they were networking, you know, one example might be you kind of ask the question of saying, hey, like, how do you stay on top of emerging security technology and trying to keep your pulse on the market of like what's good and what's bad. And if someone's answer to that is like, oh, I go hang out at RSA all day or I go to Secure World and I talk to vendors, that is not the answer you are looking for. <laughs> it is it's not because you know what? That just means they're only talking to salespeople. And we've said it like a lot of times we've talked about it in a lot of different episodes is a lot of people who work in security sales are super duper good people. They tow the company line. Oftentimes they've been misinformed about the capabilities of their tools. Truth. And a lot of the marketing sounds the same. And it's no fault of the people that work in security. It's a matter of just the marketing that comes with our industry. It's super duper confusing. But rather, I feel like a better answer would be, yeah, I go to these conferences. We learn about you know, what technologies are new and emerging, like what brands seem like popular and have some market momentum. And then I reach out to my security collective, all the people I network, perhaps it's through breaches in beer, like we've talked about in other episodes mm -hmm. and say, hey, what are you using? What are you using? Does this work? Does this work? And you kind of compare notes and it becomes this great equalizer, right? Where you can kind of cut through some of like the marketing jumbo, if you will, and um, figure out like what actually works and you know what, what doesn't. I think that's a super important piece of the network. And honestly, like the second part of it, could actually be hard for someone who is inherently introverted, right? And not wanting to kind of stretch out of their shell. And if that's the case, that's probably not someone that you want as your security leader to begin with. So that's one. The people side of it, so the second part I think is um, an interesting topic. I think in the course of a prospective security leader interviewing the business that they're about to go work for and vice versa, it's an important thing to uncover early before you commit to that employment relationship of what type of staff you will be allowed to hire or be expected to hire. And if the idea is, you know, you don't have a lot of people, you don't have a lot of budget, perhaps salaries are lower, you're going to be looking at a more junior staff member, right? And the question then will subsequently come up of saying, if you are only going to be expected to be hiring junior people and you have to mentor them and you have to bring them up, do you have a track record of coaching and developing staff and creating a talent pipeline? Not a lot of people have done that right? To basically build that expertise. So that's one side of it. And that takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of self-awareness, a lot of self-reflection on, you know, where you can continuously improve. So that's one side. The other side of it too is saying, you know, perhaps you work for 
you know, a Fortune 100 company, or you work for a Fortune 50 company, and you have higher salaries, and you can afford to pay. And the expectation is you are going to be best in class and you can pay for it. You need someone who can actually recruit and keep senior staff members, which is a completely different skill set, which requires that, you know, if you're going to be in that position, you need to be a little bit more forward thinking. You need to be a little bit more progressive in your security program. You need to be able to articulate hard and interesting challenges that senior folks feel intellectually challenged and motivated to help try and solve. And that's a completely different muscle that you have to work. But I think as part of it, in order to be successful at managing people, you have to know exactly what you're signing up for. And that that can mean you know, the security leader figuring out like what the expectation from their prospective business are and vice versa. And if you're not clear on that, it could be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. If we take the next sort of logical piece of that, I want to combine what you just said, as well as something you said shortly before it about how one learns about the new technologies. I think also because so many decisions are going to be made between, am I going to do this myself? Am I going to outsource it? How am I going to deal with the new products that arrive? How am I going to have those decisions with vendors and the need for services around the things that I buy? You know, maybe also this person should have some experience in that vendor management -y kind of thing and in making a decision, perhaps if it is a smaller team or if you intend to outsource some of it or if the role has historically outsourced some things. You want somebody who understands how to put together those those racy diagrams, how to do a shared responsibility model, right? Who, who understand how to manage that effectively so you can be effective as well. I think that that's an interesting point to think through the way in which they're going to do the parts of the function that aren't directly related to security, right? And if I think about one of those, right, and we've talked about communication, we've talked about tech, we've talked about team, let's talk about sort of like the gorilla of the security job, which is the pressure, right? You know, what has been their experience? Have they ever been through an incident? Have they ever been through a breach? You know, what would they do? How would they react? Because let's face it, uh, the person who sent in the note is unlikely to want to stand in front of that as storm themselves, right? They're bringing on somebody who knows more about it, who will be able to understand and federate the communications, uh, will understand who should be talked to, who shouldn't, will understand how, to your point, help the team understand how they're supposed to behave. You know, so maybe that's another piece of this as well, is how do they respond, you know, to the pressure of what it means to work in security? Wow, this is really running, you know, into some excellent detail. Um, I think what we're going to do is, what do you think, Justin, about breaking this up into two? And we'll come back to this uh, for the next one. Love it. Twice as good. All right. If you need uh, cybersecurity help, you can reach us at pwn.newharborsecurity.com and we'll get you in the next one.